Also, as opposed to every other Christmas where there's absolutely peace on Earth, everyone completely takes a break from murdering each other for 20 minutes. Well, there was that one time in World War II. World War One. Yeah, those are both numbers. <laughs> I, w- I just discovered, thank you, Sam, that there is a sequel to this. Because I was complaining that there's no, before we started, that there's no sequel. But um, there is. It's begging for a sequel, but there is a sequel. Alien vs. Predator... Uh, colon Requiem, um, and it's set immediately after the events of the previous film. Good. Oh, thank um, God! I was really worried about what happened to this woman in Antarctica. No, we don't yeah. care about her. We care about the. Predator. But hold on, it doesn't follow her. The film begins with a predator ship, the predator ship, crashing into a forest outside of Gunnison, Colorado. Oh, a real, oh great! Where so an alien all- predator hybrid known as the Predalien escapes and makes its way to a nearby small town. First of all, Predalien, I don't know, man. First of all, if it lands in fucking Gunnison, Colorado, there are one of two outcomes of this, which is either it joins, like, a legal (laughs) weed collective or a white supremacist separatist branch. That would be great. The Predalien uh, becomes a, yeah, militia member. Yeah, Yeah, the original name of the movie was uh, AVP2 Electric Boogaloo, actually. Yeah, AVP2 Sovereign Citizen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A skilled veteran predator is dispatched to kill kill the Predalien. Makes sense. Yeah. As the townspeople try to survive the ensuing carnage. So we completely give up on the protagonist of the last film. Um... It was Sorry. released on December 25th in the United States, which makes its tagline make a little more sense. The tagline for Alien vs. Predator Requiem is, this Christmas there will be no peace on Earth. Um, which is ah. hilarious because what does this have to do with Christmas other than being released on Christmas? I mean, it's really, it's really an incredible tagline. But it makes sense, though, because... Just I don't like know. One movie. could argue that there's virgin birth in all of these movies. That like <laughs> chest bursters are not conceived via carnal sin. I guess not. Okay, so did I just get fired from the podcast? I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Thing? I don't think. I don't think that they considered <clears throat> face hugger. You know, implantation of chest bursters. Yeah, I don't think that that's you know because in that. Under that big. metaphor, the queen would be the the Virgin Mary, and the aliens no. are Jesus, right? No, motherfucker, the queens are the Holy Ghost, and the alien is Jesus, and the person that the queen busts ah, out of. I see. You guys just should have studied theology a little bit harder. <laughs> yep. that's, that's what we can study theology. Uh, so it was released on December twenty fifth. It says here on Wikipedia, two negative reviews. <laughs> I give it a negative four out of ten. It makes sense, though, because, like, why would you need to have a tagline that says tells you anything about this movie? It's Alien vs. Predator. You know what you're going to get. The plot is the title. Exactly. It neatly sums it all up. But yeah. the tagline for that is not as good as a tagline Actually, you remember this? The tagline for the original, the one we just saw? That you came up with, Raph? The original yeah. Alien vs. Predator, which a franchise that was apparently derailed by its crappy sequel. <laughs> it, was, it was derailed because America wasn't smart enough to get it. <laughs> the tagline it was, whoever wins, we lose. Yeah, which I, I liked your version of the tagline better. Whoever wins... Predator wins. <laughs> predator wins. Predator, predator never fucking wins. wins. And predator. we're going to argue about this, but I actually, we'll get into it. So hang on first. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. Crimecast. <laughs> yeah. Can we get to back to talking about Alan versus Predator? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever wins, Alan wins. <laughs> I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. What's up? Hey, there he is. Can't hear the you. The Honorable Sam Lazarus. <laughs> Yo. And Raphael Ruttenberg, ESQ. There you go. 
And today we are talking about Alien versus Predator. <laughs> Whoever wins, Predator wins. Predator won. Predator fucking lost. No this way was, did Predator did, win. Did anyone else notice that this was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, yeah this is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. A pseudonym. So close. This, this movie was so fucking stupid. W.S. stands for whack shit. <laughs> so stupid that it's amazing. I know. Yes. It delivers actually, on its promise. <laughs> is this better than Freddy versus Jason? Hang on, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about That's Alien vs Predator and Freddy versus Jason Alien because versus I Jason. think that both of these movies represent an actual philosophical concept that is really interesting. Scott and versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> Your mouth versus my boner. Um, <laughs> Whoever wins. <laughs> <My God> wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted to know, like, how many other versus movies have there been? Like, at least yeah. three. What's, what's tweeted us, Freddy? Oh, oh, you mean uh, Alien vs Predator: Requiem? One of the three. Yeah, and Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, and then Frost versus Nixon, and Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. versus the World. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't mean like in the title. You know, it's like you take two franchises and then you burst them. Oh, and you smush them together like yeah. a stupid kid with action figures in your fucking oh. moron room. Godzilla vs. Kong, which came oh, yeah. out this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Oh yeah. Oh, it's not. All, it's not out yet. I mean, essentially all of the uh, what are they called? The U- Universal Picture MonsterVerse, right? Those are all now versus movies. Like they unified all those products into one yeah, universe. Yeah, that's true. Abbott and Costello versus Frankenstein and Dracula. That's one of my matchup. favorites. But I actually thought that this movie for Alien, how- Alien versus Kramer. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. Uh, but I Sorry. don't know. No, please. I mean, this. I don't know. Look again. Like I said. Like I think for how powerfully moronic this movie is there it does represent like a really interesting dialectic which i really want to dig into in a minute interesting diarrhea more likely (laughs) (laughs) i promise you raf you especially i like legitimately sat down to watch this movie i don't know if i had a nosebleed or something but like something in my brain changed and then all of a sudden i understood this movie and i was like oh shit actually this is about like Hobbesian authoritarian violence, and we're going to get into this. And maybe it's Lay just it on like, me, I was up till three in the morning. But uh, what were your initial thoughts on this movie, guys? Mm, I liked the effects. A lot of practical effects. I'm a fan of that. I thought it was a great ride. <laughs> a thrill ride from start to finish. <laughs> so, because it's like I'm, I'm actually starting to turn this podcast into like Raph's archaeology. Month archaeology review. Um, yeah, it's a, there's some serious bullshit with like I don't like the whole theories that um like the um, pyramid builders, the pyramid builders. Yeah, the like uh, the ancient astronaut theorem, ancient astronaut, but also like that it has its roots in um theories about like the dissemination of culture, like from that were from the eight, 19th century about how could people have you know, built these amazing structures and there must be some uh, common thread uniting them. So the idea was that there was like an Earth civilization, literally an Earth civilization, as it turns out. Um, They like, they tried to, you know, bring it all back to the Sumerians with their pyramid building and somehow these people got all around the world. And there was even like some nincompoop um, in the 20th century who built reed boats and sailed from Egypt to to uh, to Yucatan or something just to prove that it could be done, and I mean I don't really get it. Like after pile of rocks, pyramid is the next thing you design, right? Yeah. So it's like it's this kind of like weirdly, it's it's how creative thinking. It's like this idea that like I, let me Sam, Sam and Elle, let me know if this makes any any sense to you guys. Nope. Um, I don't. Okay, it's just like kind of like creative thinking. Where it's like let's we're gonna find a solution to a problem, but like it's like the solution is so overworked and unnecessary. Um, it's just like it's so burdened with like assumptions that it just becomes 
a nullity. So it's like, okay, well, there. I'm starting from a point where it's like, of course, these various civilizations, you know, uh, Angkor Wat, um, ancient Egypt of the pharaohs, you know, Aztecs, uh, Mayans were the pyramid builders. Uh, sorry. Uh, so uh, they, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, oh, and then like, so there, there has Olmec. to be. There has to be a common element to them rather than like the actual solution, which is basically what Sam said, is that pyramids are building blocks stacked on top of each other. And that's how you do that. Yeah. Like if you tried to do a cube, then the sides would fall off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's the most structurally pyramid. stable yeah. thing you can build. Right. Yeah. A pyramid. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it yeah. stays up. So, well, and like also you can, I don't know. So, I mean, like, I don't know the engineering, but it's, 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 you do. It's if you play with blocks, you do. Well, so also, part of the idea that you're talking about, Raph, and it ties into ancient astronaut theory, actually, it is 19th century, and I think it arises out of cargo cults from the age of discovery and colonialism. So that when, like, white, you know, uh, imperialists showed up in these places and they had technology that was far advanced past whatever civilizations that they were conquering and people treated them like gods, they were like, oh, well then obviously, like the gods in these previous legends, they like extrapolated it backwards and said, the gods in, in our previous legends must have been more advanced civilizations than us, aliens, right? And I think that that's where that idea first takes shape. And it gets grafted very neatly onto sci-fi um, because sci-fi walks hand in hand with, uh, you know, colonial expansion. It's like these two yeah, ideas are... You know that Star Trek, uh, it posits that, that theory as well. Like, ultimately, it turns out that all the humanoid species in the Star Trek universe are seeded races from some Ur race, which has now departed. Yeah. And they meet them in, in, some, in one Next Generation episode, I think. And Ursula K. Le Guin talked about it a little bit as well. I mean, or not a little bit. The Hamish sh- uh, cycle is about that as well, if you guys have read The Left Hand of Darkness. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's a completely moronic idea, and it also relates to one of Raph's like evergreen favorite topics of Lemuria and Atlantis, right? Well, Lemuria is an exception because it's real. What's Lemuria? <laughs> Lemuria is a lost continent in the Indian Ocean. You see, here's the thing: you have lemurs in Madagascar, you have lemurs in Australia, and almost nowhere else. So, obviously, the lemurs couldn't fly or swim for the most part. So there was a continent there. Actually, that's where humans originated, and they walked up into the Great Rift Valley afterwards. Hmm. So, uh, sounds like a very neat theory. Is there any evidence? I got tested for the. I I can bring someone on this show who will talk to you about Lemuria and will prove to you. (laughs) I will reach out to Paladin content. Okay, I'm sure there are people that will talk about it. My question was, is there evidence? No, I said prove it. Yeah, prove it with evidence. Yeah, there is zero evidence for this. Yeah, there's there's lots of. Ancient evidence and new evidence. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, this movie does utilize some ancient astronaut theory. Again, I don't hate it as much as Raph does. I think it's an interesting idea. I certainly don't think that it's real, but I don't know. I, I don't like it. On the one hand, it is definitely racist. Uh, oh, for sure. It is certainly racist. But even in its... Um, it's interesting because, like, you know, it, it's, it's a story... I, you know, you just have to wonder why. Like, Hold on. I, I just want to say, like, I don't think the ancient astronaut theory is racist. I think it's more like it matches up, meshes nicely with racist ideology. Well, but, like, okay. you could argue that Stonehenge is an example of ancient aliens, right? Yes. Yeah. But I think a, a lot of it, that's true. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do, the racist part for me is that when people say, they did not have the, or there's right. an assumption that they didn't have the technological capability. It's like, it's an ancient marvel. It's an ancient wonder. There's no explaining it with the, the technology available at the time, except for that there is. I'm just except saying they make the same argument about like European cultures that built great yeah. monuments. So, so less so, right? And partially well, yeah, because, because you're cool. built over on top of all of their yeah. old yeah, monuments. Stonehenge looks like a doo-doo. Stonehenge looks like some. <laughs> Brain damaged two year old man. They stuck a bunch of big candy bars together. I'm going to go and kick it over. That's what, I pro- that's what I promised to the UK. If you ever let me your country, 
I'm kicking Stonehenge over. Yeah, as soon as your Patreon place. gets gets funded. Oh yeah, we have to start a different Patreon for that. I don't want to commingle funds. <laughs> blow up Stonehenge. Those are compatible goals. Blow up Stonehenge. Blow up Harvard. No, abolish Harvard. Abolish Harvard. Oh, sorry, abolish. it will self it will self blow up after. Some but time. okay, so independent of that. I, I don't know whether I should lay my theory about what this movie is actually about on you guys, or if we should do a plot breakdown. Yeah, man. What, what I can't break? imagine not enjoying the theory, so let's hear it. Yeah, okay, so what I was watching this movie. Am I the only one thinks we should do a plot breakdown? Just like... Okay, wait, I'll do it in four no, no, I, want, I want Alan's plot breakdown on this okay. one. No. Yeah, do it, go. <laughs> no. You, you volunteered. Yeah. How it works. Oh my god. I can hold up my notes. I'm telling you. Go. Yes. Basically, the beginning of the movie, the movie just starts with like a a crack team is assembled, like Armageddon style. There's always a team. And they literally say, like, we've assembled this team. Every movie is based on the core. It is fucking sub mental. This, This movie is sphere with aliens. Oh wait, there's aliens. Hey, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Okay, so then they discover a pyramid uh, underneath Antarctica, um, and realize that it's from this Earth civilization. Um, and then, by looking at the hieroglyphics and, and other stuff, they're able to discern that what was going on was that predators were coming to Earth every 2,000 years or something? Hundred, every 100 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. they've been gone a long time. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that's actually something I didn't understand. But anyway, so then they're uh, coming back every 100 years for this Earth civilization. And then one time, and then the point of it is it's a uh, like a rite of passage for their warrior, for the warriors, like that they need to, there's basically like a mother alien inside the pyramid who gets woken up every hundred years or something. And then she lays a bunch of eggs and then there's aliens and the aliens come out or the aliens turn into face huggers that, you know, then cause an alien to burst out of their stomach. So it's predators versus the aliens every hundred years. And if they lose, then they have to set up a bomb or something to destroy the pyramid, which is why it's underground. Doesn't because make any sense. That's what bombs underground things. The, the, yeah. the archaeologists they bring, again, this is bullcrap. They are apparently fluent in, uh, you know, uh, Mayan glyphs and Egyptian hieroglyphs and, I guess, Cambodian you know, proto-Cambodian scripts. Which yeah, I Khmer remember. script. Yeah, Khmer. So I guess they can read all three in conjunction, and this is like the purpose of these temples. They've had them in a bunch of different places throughout Earth. And apparently they've been blown up before. Sometimes. Maybe that's I what they theorize. This one wasn't blown up. But the aliens were gone, the predators were gone for a long time for some reason. That we, I'm not sure why. But then they years. I thought it was, no. oh, it's just been a hundred years. Yeah, no, the predators have been gone for. Oh, have the predators only been gone for a hundred years? I didn't well, understand they, that. They came in, the in 1904. Yeah. Oh. They attacked some schmo at the you know mackerel tin station or whatever. Oh, I have a guess about that actually, because they <laughs> mentioned at some point in the movie that like Antarctica used to not be ice, which of course is scientific fact. Everyone knows there used to be a civilization in Antarctica. Um, lots of evidence of that, and. Uh, then it got icy, and so there were no people. Yeah, so like, how could you have aliens without people, right? You need the facehuggers to go on something. So they waited until there were people at the whaling station, and that's why in 1904 they showed up, because they were actually hosts. Yeah, but hold and, on a second. Because they, hold on a second. Uh, like, I will not. That's really good. Antarctica, Antarctica didn't have ice when, like... Oh, no, 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 like back when the Predators were here. No, but in, re- in, in reality. In actual... But, but, yeah, you know, that time. Never. What are we talking about? A million years ago? Ten million years ago? Give me some uh, Give me some geological sense here. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know the answer to that question, but um, I certainly know that 
not in the time that humans have existed. At least, yeah, well, that, I, yeah, that would be my. I would and put money on it. That's an educated guess that I, I, yeah. I would agree with. Like, can you imagine that they were like, and the humans left because it got cold. Just think about that for a minute. Like, oh, it's <laughs> actually say that? chilly. Like, shut sure. the door. Actually, yeah. you know what? I'm getting out of here. I bet Miami <laughs> Beach is nice. Yeah, idiots. Whoever wrote this movie. I get the feeling that this movie isn't written by dumb, but for dumb. No, you're right. This movie was written by the same computer program that writes the Black Keys music, or the, the <laughs> Black Eyed Keys music. Black Eyed Keys? That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so basically... It's a funny joke for 2007. Basically, aliens awaken on this remote pyramid underneath a whaling station that's been abandoned 2,000 feet below the surface of Antarctica, which, by the way, like, again, from a scientific perspective, everybody would get the fucking bends going down and coming up from that place. Not in air. Really? I thought pressure changes would... 2,000 feet? There would be a pressure change. There's a pressure change, yeah. Your ears would pop like crazy. Yeah, but you wouldn't get Is that it? Is that the only thing you would experience? Well, gas I mean, how, high is, how high is the highest mountain? Like it's much more than two thousand feet. Type of thing, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Like if enough. you go up to the top of Mount Washington and then walk down, you don't get the bends. That's true. <laughs> speak, speak for yourself. Unless you're listening to Radiohead. <laughs> they give you a copy on your way out. Yeah. Thank you for visiting our park. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. So so basically, aliens come around, then predators come down to kill them. They all murder the shit out of the scientific team, which uh, posits that Waylon Utani is like, this is the original Waylon or something. It's, well, it's just Waylon before Waylon partners. He hasn't, he hasn't met Utani yet. Yeah. I, this not, might not hold together so, so well. Yeah. It might not stand up to scientific scrutiny. Well, and what? And Predator, ultimately, like, Predator and one of the scientists, because all the other Predators die, so there's only one Predator left, and then one scientist, and the two of them team up and kill the aliens, and in the final battle, the Predator dies, but is actually impregnated with an alien, and leaves the scientist in Antarctica, which I was sort of like, okay, cool, I wonder how she's going to get home, like, is the boat still there? Whatever. We did mention that Wayland is actually uh, Bishop. Yeah, his middle name is Bishop, right? We see that. And and so obviously that's a callback to the other alien movies where, yeah, where Bishop, the, the android, is modeled on Wayland, which contradicts some of the other alien stuff, but we don't need to dig into that. Yeah. His middle name in this is Bishop. Yeah, we were just saying yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Thanks, Sam. <laughs> No problem. Uh, how does this fit into the whole like alien uh, uh, saga? I don't does think it, it does. It's. I mean, it would be a uh, huge prequel. It fits right. into the lore. Like there are other references to the predators in the alien movies. Are there? Um, yeah, but I think mostly just for cross marketing. Okay. So what I thought about this movie that was actually interesting was that alien and predator actually represent this really interesting dialectic to me. And, and we see it in a lot of genre, you know, like dyads that are in inherent conflict, like uh, obviously Freddy and Jason. But I was thinking of sort of the, the contrast between uh, disaster movies or virus movies or creature movies like Jaws uh, or The Wolfman versus like killer movies, conspiracy movies and invasion movies, you know, like Dracula or Silence of the Lambs. And to me, it really represented like this idea of the state of nature versus authoritarian violence. And it seemed very much like Hobbesian to me that like aliens represent chaos. It is just like the chaos of the world that you cannot control. They are brutal killing machines that want to do nothing other than fucking murder the hell out of you. And Predator is the opposite, right? It, it represents the perfect authoritarian state. It's like they're hierarchical. I don't, they I don't have, think so. They are just they hunters. Have, yeah. They have no, a rigorous hunter like, code, but you don't know yeah, what they're they like. Yeah, but they have like real crazy honor class stuff. Really? I thought that there was like a lot of Predator. Yeah, there's like a lot of – they commit suicide if they fail. Yeah, ritual seppuku. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, is this authoritarian? Yeah. I don't think it's authoritarian, man. I don't I mean, think the fact that they're like intensely weaponized. I, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe I mean, I'm I wrong guess about this. There's definitely something there that's like the opposite of chaos. But yeah. I don't know if authoritarianism is the one. I would, say, like per- I would say a personal honor code is actually in many ways the antithesis of authoritarianism. But it's, it's, very- it's personal that's been instilled in you by the state. The reason that these predators are killing themselves is because they have failed to prove themselves as worthy of their society. Well, right? is that authoritarian? Uh, isn't it? I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I just thought that, to me, th- this really represented this weird, and maybe, again, this could be this weird combination of my brain being cooked by, like, I've been teaching the Enlightenment to one of my students, and I was thinking about this in a Hobbesian context of, like, the alien represents this insane chaos, and Predator represents, like, the authoritarian state, and, like, ultimately, the humans side with Predator to overthrow aliens. Right, it's the fear of chaos and the fear of this like primordial destruction that leads us all to say like, you know what, we will accept these like crazy murderous monsters, even though they killed a bunch of our friends, because they're better than complete chaos and anarchy. I mean, I would agree with all that if you replace authoritarian with like martial force. You know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that was my idea. Condine power. Bullshit. Condine power. Basically, yeah, condine power versus. Yeah, I think the word uh, authoritarian is probably wrong, right? But authoritarianism has a meaning that is very uh, much a part of 20th century political science and philosophy, political philosophy. So I think it it might be related. So maybe Um, I meant Marshall. Yeah. it, just basically that the predator represented like martial authority, right? It's like yeah. we, strength. It's yeah. strength. It's, but it's, more, it's strength more than strength. Chaotic strength. Yeah, but it's also yeah. a societal ordered strength, right? It's it's yeah. this is how we structure our. Yeah, but it's more than just like some rugged individual cowboy who's like, I've got a lance and I'm going to murder this thing. It's, it's a rigorously organized hunter society, which is actually like once you really drill down to these things, these are like. Pretty good ideas. And also the idea, I would say the idea of Predator facing off with Alien, it didn't have to be this stupid. It could have been a good movie because they're both like really amazing science fiction concepts, but the movie is stupid and also amazing. I I actually think even the premise of this movie is pretty good. It's just like the pacing is weird. The dialogue is not great. Acting is okay. Oh, the dialogue. All the details, like everything is, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, the yeah it's awesome. Too heavy into the everything the astronaut stuff is a little, they could have just like, they could have cut that down and made a little less of it. But that, they could have cut it completely. Is that, that titillates people. You know, it's like, it's like people love these kind of like puzzles to arrive at. It's like, oh, there's this like hidden revealed meaning. And it's, it's we hunger for mystery. We hunger for, uh, like forbidden knowledge because that is really no longer kept from us. All knowledge is available to us. So it's a very attractive thing to people to like the idea there's a single origin for all civilizations. I was going to say it's partly racism. It's also just partly how we are about stories, you know? It's also but, true. Like even if it's not aliens, like, yeah, culture had to start somewhere. Right. No, it's not true. No, it's not true. Right, everybody who left whatever the place where the first humans were, or the first sort of like Sam, anything, a resembling culture and civilization arose very much in isolation in a co-occurrently, number of yeah. mostly concurrently in a number of different places around the world. So you don't believe the flood thing. hypothesis? Uh, I think that's Gilgamesh? an oversimplification. What's that, Raph? What are you talking about, Gilgamesh? It's not well, just yeah. Gilgamesh. It's not the just flood Gilgamesh. Is in every every culture has a flood myth. Yeah, because and there's flood, it floods everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> every there's also has, archaeological. Every culture has an origin myth because everyone originated somewhere. Yeah, there's know. details in Gilgamesh that are like repeated precisely in the Noah myth. There's whatever we don't have because to go into it. From the same fucking place. Yeah, <laughs> because right. because the Bible exactly. is the Old Testament. Genesis is based on Babylonian or whatever myth, Sumerian. I don't know. I'm yeah, not my area. Exactly. So we've so that demonstrates that there's a cultural through line, 
you know, yeah. it's not a crazy argument to make that yes. a lot of human cultures came from that region and that For there sure. actually was a flood and a diaspora. I mean, totally. maybe it's not unitary. I'm just saying like every culture traces its roots back to a previous one. Right. And as you go back in time, it's branching. So, you know, one culture gives rise to many. It, we share common ancestors. Maybe there's not one, you know, unique common ancestor, but we definitely have a common linguistic ancestor. Nearly all living languages derive from the same roots, right? No. No, they don't. Yes. Proto-Indo-European. Yeah, the, that's the, not nearly all living languages. That's a set of living languages. Okay. It's, it's a all. lot of them. Yeah, it's like all European Seven, languages, all, uh, uh, all the Southeast Asian languages. Far from settled if language had a single origin. Okay. I think that that's... I mean, if you, <laughs> Again, if you, if like, you okay. solved that, man, you would be king shit of fucking Harvard Mountain. I'm I mean, not saying that there's only one, okay? I'm saying that right. the idea that cultures give rise to multiple ch like child cultures... Yeah. is well established yeah, yeah. i mean you can take it from from latin to all the romance languages right it's like a so very, the idea that, that is true even it's true even in prehistory yes absolutely uh that there's like cultural cross currents and you know that's what we recognize as certain individual cultures are heavily borrowed from other cultures that you know predate them I mean, obviously. Uh, that, How else could it work? I mean, like, and there's also cultures that have almost no hallmarks other than the fact that they made pottery a certain way, um, and and everything else about them is totally invisible to us. Sure. Uh, but you know, the to call that a common origin of a culture, I think is a stretch. I would call that a stretch. All right. Let me rephrase. Let me I'm not saying that human oh. beings evolve separately in different places. I just don't think there's there's not a lot that. It connects like Mesoamerican culture with like Sino-Tibetan culture. I just don't think there's a lot. I mean, there certainly are genetic studies that indicate that the people who live in North America yes. are descended from the people that live in Asia. So. Yes. Are there lady predators or boy <laughs> predators? They're all ladies. Oh ladies. shit! Wow. Alan woke. Alan's woke. I did not think about that. I'm out. It's like, and yeah, the doctor like, doctor said, I can't operate. This is my <laughs> son. Uh. How do you even know they have gender? That's a good point. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alan's good. woke. Sam is woker. You, this movie was a piece of shit. It was great. No, it wasn't. Cool. I don't know. Should we call it early on this one? Oh, are we done? Wait, I don't know. I mean, was there anything else to say? Just, I was just really interested in the idea that, like, and again, Freddie and Jason fit so neatly into the same sort of concept of, like, Jason representing, like, primordial chaos and, and like, Freddie representing, you know, like, uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Ordered like, intention? Evil. Yeah, ordered evil. Exactly. And so, like, those two forces fighting against each other, yeah, and again, it reminded me a lot of Hobbes. But that was all I had. That was the only intelligent thought that I had that was related to this, and it probably was, like, a 70 at best. So, so which yeah, man. Moms were you thinking about? Calvin and? That's what? right. <laughs> yeah. Scientific progress goes boink. Yeah, that's the one. Boom. Homicidal yeah. psycho jungle cat. Another classic. I think that this idea of like um, the arrogance of mankind, right? Like the Wayland idea. And it carries through all the alien movies of like, here's something we don't understand, but it's powerful. We better go check it out. Right. Uh, like the, the early in the movie, there's that scene where they get to the place where they're going to drill a hole. And then something has already drilled a hole. And the guy is like, I don't know of any technology that could do that. Right. Any sane human being, or I guess I should say, I would leave at that point. Like, I don't, but they're I don't know. They want, they want, it's not clear what they right. want. No, yeah. exactly. You never get the sense that Wayland knows more, knows more, and you almost get the sense he that he doesn't. Does. No, I think he doesn't, right? I mean, I yeah. think they have little parts. Like it's the same thing in Alien. They have, they know something, and they know that they they have to go, or they want to go and expand their knowledge. But right. given the lack of knowledge that they have, it's stupid. That's just the the point of all these movies, right? Yeah. It's like they have a little knowledge, and it's dangerous because they don't yeah. have the rest of the knowledge. And the common theme in all of these, in all the alien movies, is there's this like, uh, 
you know, uh, Wayland Utani Panopticon that knows a bunch of stuff that pe other people don't know and, you know, sends people to die for their, for their monetary And, game. like, layers upon layers of compartmentalization of that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. is completely disinterested in human life in favor of the profit motive. Except yeah, right. that in this movie, uh, Wayland comes off mostly a good guy, I think. Like, he... he yeah. He... Almost, I mean, he attempts to like sacrifice his life for other people in the crew. I mean, he's also putting people's lives in danger, but with the mission itself. But I feel like he comes off as sort of courageous, and it, it, I it, wonder if interesting. I mean, it was interesting actually to see that. Though. Yeah, he's definitely different than like Paul Reiser's character in Aliens, for instance. Yes, I wonder if or he his own character in Prometheus, right? Which is like a different Wayland, I guess. It's like a successor of his. Yeah. I wonder oh, if it has to do like with the fact child. that this is kind of like he gets to make a heroic turn because it's the actor who plays Bishop and it's sort of like he's like alien royalty in a way in the context yeah. of these movies. You're so probably get, right. Yeah. He probably it's was like, like, I'll only do this movie if I get to be a good guy. Or like if yeah. we can retcon my character in all of these other movies as someone who actually cared. His dialogue with the lead actress, their like sort of backstory where she's like, my father broke his leg doing a climb and then he died of a lung hemorrhage from oh a blood God. clot. And I was just like, he broke his leg while you guys were climbing up a mountain that first of all, a lot of people climb up like on a casual vacation. This is not like, you know, Wait, some, what mountain is this? Uh, Mount Rainier. Oh yeah. It's in Washington state. I mean, it's, yeah, maybe you know, he was doing, they were doing an ice wall or something. That's yeah. not easy. No, that is not easy. But it's like, okay, if you break your leg and you're in the middle of climbing something, you go back down. What are you fucking kidding me? Anybody who has any kind of experience in any sort of outdoor situation knows, like, hey, if I'm in over my head, don't want to die. Me out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's if like, I ever like break my leg in Prospect Park, just shoot me on the spot. <laughs> I was going to anyway. Which, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that photograph that was up of all of the people, like, basically online to take selfies at the top of Everest. And the fact that, like, the death yeah, rate yeah, has yeah. gone from, like, 1 in 10 to, like, <laughs> like 8 in 10 or some insane number like that. It's not that high, but the, the death rate for climbing Everest has doubled in the last... Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because of the availability of... Uh, basically, money to or like, hang on. Let me let me restart this. Ah, this is an elitist argument. I understand. No, it, well, yeah, that you shouldn't be tackling the hardest mountain in the world if you aren't an have, elite mountain climber. Yeah, if you don't have any mountain climbing skills whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so, should we throw it to endorsements? I want to. I got a roundtable for people. All right, let's hit it. If you had to loot one store, and I'm not saying that you would just like get like a free shopping spree there, and you had to loot it, and you you, would, you were looting it, but you had to loot one store, and you there's a chance you would get arrested or anything. What store would that be? Library of Babel. <laughs> All right, fine. That's within the wait. Library of Babel, like the one. Yeah, that's hold on. Infinite? Wait, library, yeah. library of Alexandria or Library of Babel? No, no sorry, Hanging Gardens of Berlin. What? Hang Got on. It. When you say Library of Babel, are you talking about the Borges story with like the infinite yeah, wait, hold on. every book that's ever been written, but most of them are gibberish? Yep. All right, that doesn't count as a store. I'm calling that one. <laughs> yeah. Also, what are you going to carry everything on there? So, well, I would just steal the uh, the index. <laughs> I hate you. Why don't you just go there? It's not like it's you're not allowed to. It's in your mind. So hang on though, Raf. I have questions about your your roundtable, which is because I I love this round. Oh, she wouldn't ask. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> so, am I looting this for personal gain, or like, what's the what's That's the sort of the only thing that the only rule is that uh, you. Well, you have to loot it, which means that you're not guaranteed to get away with it. It's, it's it's still a crime to do it, but you have to. You can't opt out and say, no, I'm not looting it. Okay, so you have to pick some place that you want to loot for whatever reason that you like, 
with any reason at all. Yeah, and, and still, there's still the ethical question of looting. Uh, so, so you have to confront that as well. Wait, is there an ethical question if we're not allowed to not loot? So I think if I were to loot one place... Yes, there is still an ethical question because it's different looting will have different impacts based ah. on where you are. Does like it have you, to be a store? You, you, you could loot the insulin store and take all the insulin <laughs> and the diabetics all die. You know, I mean, that's pretty oh, fucked up. That's my endorsement, the insulin store. Okay. <laughs> what do they sell? <laughs> Containers. <laughs> it's a very I cool branding. Kind of a misnomer. Yeah. Best Buy is, uh, is my response. Why? Uh, because they have lots of cool tech and they're a gross giant corporation. They don't treat their employees very well. Tech is short for technology? Yeah. Well, okay. I think that's a good sort of reason, right? Like, I think the reason is just as important as the thing that you're going to loot. Oh, I don't even know what I would take. No, I mean, but... Probably USB cables. <laughs> cool. Actually, yeah, I need I Ethernet cables. Those. I don't know, Alan, what about you? I have a bunch of those, Sam. I feel like if you go anywhere with like expensive stuff, you're going to get caught. Um, so I would just loot someplace on the cheap end uh, and grab something stupid. Basically just, I'm basically just minimizing my chances of getting arrested. That's reasonable. You could do that by going fast also. I mean, you don't uh, have to be faster than the bear, right? Or pick a really small store. I mean, it's it's tough to say. I, I think my parents sold a portrait of my dad that was painted by Jean-Michel Basquiat, and I would love to get that back. That's your family. hobgoblin, man. That is my fucking hobgoblin. That's my yeah, rose bud. Well, I would like to loot the house of the person who has it. Does that count as looting? Yeah. It's so. not a store. Okay. So, I'll allow it. What? Yeah. He can I mean, loot a person's house, but I can't loot an imaginary library that's infinite? Yeah, that, that barely qualifies as looting. That's the most insane definition of looting I can imagine. Yeah, it's, I'm going to loot the information in this yeah. book by reading it. Yeah, right. if, if looting meant doing something, like taking an action, then that would be considered looting. But unfortunately, it's a narrower than just doing things. So, like, I'm going to loot that peanut butter and jelly sandwich is not an appropriate response. Yeah, we'll see. Depends how you're getting it. Yeah, I would yeah. loot William Sonoma. I really think that that's my choice because it's full of stuff that I would want and I feel very conflicted about wanting, but uh, I would never pay for most of the stuff that they have there. Well, okay, so hang on though, Raph. I think, first of all, that your question asking that, like, if we might be caught is sort of irrelevant. Really, what you want is. What's the store with the stuff that you want the most of? So you could have no, just as easily said a shopping spree that you felt guilty about. No, that's the thing is that, is that you you were you could not opt out of doing it, so there still was risk, and that had to make a calculation. But you also had the moral calculation of what store you'd want to you'd want to loot because so like, you want. Bank of America. Bank, probably yeah, I was a about to say answer. Bank of America, motherfucker. Then you could go to William Sonoma all day and buy whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I feel like you couldn't get away with robbing a bank because, like, I'm sure the bills are. Sequ- I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's like, a vault. It seems complicated. What is you wrong know? with you, small time morons? A vault? You just go in there with a goddamn crowbar and boost that ATM, bring it back to your house. You'd be great. Mm. You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. Mm. I'd rather have the I'd rather have the copper bond cookware. <laughs> really, than a, I'd rather than have a, like I'd rather have like a really nice like whetstone and pizza stone, and like one of those like cool really cool oval uh, barbecue things. But I'm never gonna buy these things because I'm not you know insane. Maybe the Lego store. That'd be the, good. The Lego store would be a fun one to loot. Chuck E. Cheese and just, just chill in the ball pit. That's oh, not God, really don't loot Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, get diarrhea, diarrhea <laughs> Steal all the animatronic animals. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. To make them evil. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You program, I guess. you program them for evil. Your own private army. <laughs> like ro- rodent band marauders. Oh <laughs> we have to write this movie. That's amazing. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's... 
Nice. Uh, probably Guitar Center, yeah, or, or Sam Ash. But like, the, Guitar Center really, really sucks. Sam Ash is like less awful, I suppose. They're all kind of terrible, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be they nice. They carry like Orange Amps, though, right? Yeah, Orange. You can get good gear there. No, but Orange Amps aren't really good anymore. That's the thing. It's like what? for the most part, yeah, because like uh, I mean, you know, they must the hand- actually. They must carry Sono or something, right? No, they don't. Like they, that's the thing is like they don't. They carry like Boring. they don't carry anything vintage that's worthwhile. Whatever. Okay, cool. Just kidding, cheeky lads. All right, should we throw it to endorsements? I don't have an endorsement. Yeah, I don't have I endorse. I would endorse Guitar Center. I'm gonna endorse Bank of America. <laughs> they have a great pick selection. If you like to pick your guitars or basses. I like <laughs> or anything else, really. Ukuleles, banjoleles, band. What's it called? Banjo tars, banjolins, apples, turnips, tanjos. You can pick whatever you want. I personally pick asparagus. But I want to. I want to endorse an herb. It's called papalo. It's. Uh, I, I only know it through uh, Mexican cuisine, and it's kind of like. It's hard to find. Like, some places actually have it, and they will put it on your torta or samita. But mo- many places won't. And it's delicious, and it's, like, a really extra strong cilantro, so it's probably not to everybody's taste. Uh, but I love it. I think it's really good. And I just I found some a place that carries it near me, so I'm, I've been eating. Sounds great. I do love the that. taste of soap, so. It doesn't, cilantro doesn't taste like soap to me. It tastes like delicious herb. All right. Wait. Sam, what do you got? I thought it was Alan's turn. Oh, Alan has stalled. <laughs> okay, I got a real one, actually. Cool. I just got a new computer a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. Uh, it's uh, System76 is the brand. The make is Lemur Pro. Le- Lemur Pro. Lemuria Lemur. Pro. Lemuria uh, Pro. And it's like a little pricey, comparable to, you know, like an Apple MacBook, kind of a little cheaper than a MacBook but much more capable and uh, runs Linux out of the box. And I fucking love it. Nice. That's all. All right, Alan, what do you got? Mm, I'll endorse a whiskey called Nico whiskey from the barrel. It's a Japanese whiskey. It's really good. It's kind of expensive if you're buying in the U S so. Was it Nico? Nika and I, Nika. N-I-K-K-A. I think they have that at my liquor store down the block, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's just it's a lot cheaper um, in Japan, or, or I think at a lot of duty free places. Is it cheaper if you include round trip airfare? Yes. Um, maybe, right now, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna recommend two things. One, Thai chilies. They're always in season somewhere. They're dope. Mm -hmm. They're my favorite hot pepper to put on stuff. Chop those motherfuckers up. You put them in the Japanese curry. It's dope. Second thing I wanted to recommend is the movie The Conversation. Francis Ford Coppola, 1974. We watch a lot of Drek for this podcast. (laughs) And sometimes it's nice to watch an actually good movie. And I feel guilty when I watch a good movie because I know that you guys didn't watch it. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. Oh, that's nice. We the conversation for the next episode. Yeah, we should watch the conversation for the next episode. Um, Sci-fi? No, not at all, unfortunately. Coppola Coppola cast. Coppola cast. Um, Yeah, it's... Sophia Coppola. Sophia Coppola. Yeah. Nicholas Cage Coppola. Coppola Coppola Arms. Well, I mean, hey, yeah, Coppola. I, think Capicola? Uh, uh, I probably made you know, what, you know what I watched recently that was kind of sci fi that we could maybe do? Picnic yeah. at Hanging Rock. Oh, that is a classic. That's speaking of like really amazing movies. That movie I was thinking, is- like, is this movie sci fi throughout the whole thing? It would be the most challenging to classify as sci fi, but I think you could make the case. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't classify it as sci-fi, but it's so good. It's yeah. so good. It's, it's so really strange. It yeah. is like 
it is the most gothic movie I have ever seen. Like gothic in the old sense, not in the. It's in funny actually awful. because not like goth. With both no, Picnic yeah. and Hanging Rock and the conversation were movies that I remember like seeing once, loving intensely, and then forgetting about. And Carolyn and I, Carolyn read the book and was like, "Oh, Picnic and Hanging Rock is spectacular. The book." We should mm-hmm. watch the movie. And like the first three quarters of it are good, not great. And I'm like, oh, is this movie not going to be as good as I remember it? And then the end, it just sort of like all comes pouring out and it's gorgeous. The conversation is the opposite. It was great from top to bottom. And I was like, wow, what a subtle, like strange film noir. I love San Francisco. It hits a lot of my favorite buttons. But um, yeah, Picnic and Hanging Rock, another classic. Speaking of classics, I just started rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender. Carolyn and I rewatched it last week. It's so good. It's so good. Unironically. Unironically, absolutely brilliant. Probably one of the the best pieces of culture that Carolyn recommended to me since we've been a couple. It's like definitely for kids. So don't expect it to not be for kids. But it's great. Yeah, they did. They did. They have like X-rated versions of it online. Yeah, some of them are canon, even. Uh, guys, that's Lolly, and I'm calling the police. Okay. Uh, I didn't say I watched it. I just said that. I emailed it to Alan's computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that's one of those, like, this has no business being as good as it is. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on social media. I am at Asher Lack. At Highly Intelligible. Sam. <laughs> highly Unintelligible. <laughs> Alan is at Highly Intelligent. Um, am I supposed to say mine? Ugh. At Case of Piles. At underscore Perkwoodos. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Robot House Pod, and it's spelled H A U S. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and stay safe, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.